Hello everybody! I'm Mario, I'm the enthusiastic developer in this duo and I had to start this abruptly because otherwise we would have never started. A random fact about me is that I have allergies that I get in spring because some shit outside is blooming and therefore if I sound uh, uh, clogged to you that's because I am and if you are looking at this on YouTube and if I look like I'm puffy swollen and I don't have eyes that's because I'm puffy swollen and I don't have eyes. So bear with me. <laughs> Hi everybody and uh, good morning actually. My name is Tom, uh, designer in this duo. And a quick random fact about me is I'm traveling in two days and I'm not bringing a laptop with me. So uh, let's see how that goes. And also, how swollen are you due to allergies and what percentage of it is beer, Mario? Uh, beer is less, wine is more, but I think it's mainly allergies. Okay. I'm going to go with mainly allergies just for the younger audience here that still think that I'm a polite alcohol guy. Alcohol is bad, kids. Don't do, don't do alcohol. Do drugs instead. <laughs> don't do drugs. Okay. Uh, anyway, you had an amazing uh, idea for a topic. Look at me, amazing. Like, why am I saying amazing? You had an idea. Let's not overhype it. You had an <laughs> idea for a topic for today. I'm, you, you hyped me up, so I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from my hyped-up vocabulary. But you had an idea for today's topic. Very nice. So share. I had a really hyped-up idea. Actually, the idea is quite simple, and basically, it's writing. Should you write? Should you practice how to write? why should slash shouldn't you write, what you can take out of writing, and so on. So, basically, writing. And I know I myself try to write every now and then. I know Tom is active uh, on LinkedIn. Tom has a newsletter. By the way, if you want, you can subscribe to Tom's newsletter, Breaking Freelance. It's actually quite cool. And, well, basically, today we're going to talk about why we write, what we think we can achieve with it, and how to get better at it how to get most out of it, how to use it to help you improve yourself, and so on. So, Tom, say something special. <laughs> you, you want me to be the smart No pressure. Person? No, no pressure. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if we go a little bit back, and I believe that writing is a skill that isn't being thought, taught in schools and should be. Uh, when I say writing, I don't mean writing letters. I mean how to properly convey information in a written form. We are, we are not, nobody's teaching that, not in a way that it will be useful in today's career world, right? So in your job, especially if you look, yes. I just wanted to butt in. Technically, when you take your, I don't know how it's like in English schools, but in Croatian schools, if you take your Croatian language classes, you, every, you know, once or twice a year, you have to write a big literal essay, but that's not conveying information. That's how well you use adjectives, how well you can make, you know, pretty... Uh, pretty thoughts about how nice the the uh, environment looks and all of that. Nobody actually teaches you. Okay, this is a thing you know, and this is how you convey it to your audience. Yeah. It's more like describe okay. your summer. Like, oh, I felt joyous as the ray of sunshine has been falling on my face and making my skin more darker as I was enjoying mojitos and margaritas or juice or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's that's not the the writing we talk about. And yeah, I when when I was in my late teens, early twenties, there was a platform. So bear with me, uh, kids. It was before Facebook, but there was a platform called blog, uh, just blog, blog HR. It was a creation blog platform. Uh, and a friend of mine and I started writing there regularly. But it was more like short stories. It wasn't 
I wasn't doing design back then, so it was just I wanted to write, but I didn't know what to write apart from short stories and vampire fan fiction. It was not great. Um, uh, I wrote there, and this is where I kind of started. But then, as time progressed, I wanted to share what I learned, and <laughs> realized it doesn't work like that. You can't write oh the cascading style sheets in the late bloom of winter it doesn't work like that so <laughs> when you want to talk about css and html and want to write and convey information it doesn't work like that uh like an essay in school so i think writing is important especially writing short concise information that conveys the idea in a manner that it cannot be misconstrued and i've seen numerous times well where somebody would write a and somebody else would understand B and then do C, which is not good. So writing uh, as the original topic was, do, should you write, should designers and developer write? But I think should everybody write? And absolutely they should. And I'm sure that you have a couple of great tips on how to write short, concise information about, you know, work stuff. Yes, I'm all about short. So, so um, before that, I would just like to say, so I'm writing on a daily um on a regular basis, fairly regular basis, I have two things that I'm doing. One is that I'm writing on social networks. I am sharing my thoughts on the software industry and so on. And I'm going to get into that a little bit uh, later. But the other thing that I do is I keep a blog. You can find it at mariamutsala.com. It's not as regular anymore because life. But I do keep it. And I use it for two things. First thing is when I figure out a concept that I like, like something new in development that I understood and that I didn't find a really good resource to learn from, then I kind of write it down. And the reason I write it down is I write it down in a sort of a tutorial uh, manner. And the reason why I do that is to make sure that it's clear to myself and to make sure that I can accurately reprodu reproduce it. So very often, you know, you kind of brush upon something you have a sort of a problem and then that something solves your problem and then you think yeah i know it and then the next time the situation comes you a cannot remember where you found it b you don't know what actually it is you did or how exactly you did it and then you torture yourself again and c uh, uh, you're having problems and i'm gonna give you the basic the basic thing for me i have a few apps in the android store and they've been done using angular ionic and I have published them to the Play Store. And the procedure to do that is fairly complex. When I say fairly complex, there is no, like, click publish, but you have to do uh, one command to build the Angular app. Then you have to do another command to compile it. Then you have to compile it in a zip. Then you have to go to Google Console UI. Whoever did Google Console UI needs to take uh, a workshop from town to, to like, think about user-centric design because, oh my God. And then you have to upload stuff there and then it happens. And these are now like 13 steps that I've named on how to upload a freaking app. I don't know if it's changed recently. I haven't done it, but like every, you know, and then I have people coming, hey, can you just update this? Like once every six months. And then once every six months, I have to think about it again, how to do it. So I just wrote myself a tutorial how to do it. I've done similar with Blazor, Blazor Dynamic Components. I've done similar with some auto-loading JavaScript. But basically, I write myself a tutorial because if I am able to take a topic and write about it in a way that it makes sense and in a way that it is actually clear to other people, 
that means that I understand that topic inside out. So my, my definition of when I understand some topic is when I can write a clear article about it that conveys information to other people. How does that compare to writing for social networks? Uh, writing for social networks is different and writing for social networks has a different purpose. So writing for social networks, of course, you do, uh, you do want to share useful information because the best content is useful information. And luckily I have already 20 years of experience in the software industry. So I don't know if I have useful information, but I have information from my actual experience, which, well, apparently some people find useful, but uh, writing a social media is also, in a way, how to adapt what you want to say to how the network, how the particular social network works, how its algorithms work, and how its audience works. So some audience reacts to some things, other audience reacts to other things. I'm mostly active on LinkedIn, and if you're interested on how to write on LinkedIn, there is a crew there. There are, she's Dina, he's, an, and I think they're called authority marketing or something like that. They have a brilliant newsletter once a week, useful, actionable tips that you can take on immediately. So I highly recommend uh, uh, listening to, that, to those guys. Yeah, uh, I can confirm authority marketing newsletter gives some actionable tips on how to, but it's more like how to write content that sells rather than conveys information. It's more, it's marketing driven. So if you have a service or a product that you are offering, their tips are more like how to your stuff, which is not necessarily always about conveying useful information rather than, well, it's conveying information of how or why should someone buy your product, but it's mostly sales driven. There are things that, I don't know, recently it kind of feels that all of the posts are shorter and shorter everything's bite-sized and micro and shorts and it kind of feels that a lot of stuff is being lost in translation between i have a thought i have an article that i want to that i've wrote that is that i know is useful and now i have to condense it into seven seconds or people will scroll away so i kind of have more of a fuck you attitude of uh if you don't have more than seven seconds you want to scroll away by all means scroll away don't care um i tried writing those shorter posts and i feel that some of the information that i want to write down especially from writing from a position of not just conveying the facts but rather including some of the story behind it and maybe even some emotion it cannot be bite-sized and i would rather tell a story and then drive it home with a point of why this lesson is important than just telling you you need to drink uh two glasses of water in the morning doesn't mean shit but if i tell you oh if you don't drink two glasses in the morning you're gonna feel bad you're gonna have a foggy mind you're gonna piss yellow it's not bad it's not bad uh, it's not good for your kidneys it's not good for you da, da, da. and then tell you why you should drink two glasses of water in the morning it makes sense but if i just put a bullet point for you because it's short and bite-sized and people can concentrate on it then you do not I, I think that you do not absorb information so i think stories and emotions help people absorb information better because we learn through stories and through experiences and if you can convey an experience through a story i think it's easier to drive the lesson home and make it stick. This is why we have Andrew Huberman's podcast that lasts three hours. And who would have guessed people still watch it? Because uh, when the information is valuable and your 
you have something that you're learning, the then the whole focus and lack of focus is not a problem. Uh, you've opened a difficult topic, <laughs> a topic that is probably something that deserves like, you know, sitting down for two hours and having three beers. But uh, Next week, when I'm, I'm generally... Yeah, but I'm generally uh, uh, this is this has nothing to do with this podcast episode or with writing in general. But I'm generally pissed off about how people's attention span is getting shorter and shorter, and how this is the reason we are dumbing down everything. And I started noticing this, like in music, for example, if you take the, the you know I don't know music of the 70s, then you have all the progressive psychedelic stuff with the zillion chords, zillion different rhythms, and all of that. You know, you have combinations between genres. Today you don't. Today you have to have a catchy riff. You have to have a simple beat that is like 4-4. Everything more complex than that is not mass audience material. It has to be nicely produced. It has to have a, you know, catchy line. And that's it. You know, Beyonce's hit is who run the, girl, who run the world girls, who run the world girls. It has like one lyric. One, it was written by one, 16 people. Yes, there's a meme going about that as opposed to Bohemian Rhapsody. I'll, I'll try like to that. find it. So put it here. We we are dumbing dumbing down the music. We are dumbing down movies. You know, before you had movies that could have like ten characters and each of them would have their own story and thing. Now you have a movie with three characters out of which what out of which one has to be a lady, one has to be uh, African American guy, and the third guy has to be blonde, so that people can tell them apart. Yeah. Otherwise, they're you know. If you have two like tall, dark-haired white people, eh, they're too similar. Wasn't this guy in the previous scene? I'm sorry, I didn't look. I was scrolling through my phone. Like, we are dumbing down the content. People are because the content is getting more and more simple. People are using losing attention span, and so on, and so on, and so on. So I think we're going in a spiral in the wrong direction and this is where i'm going to end my rant because as i said this is something that extremely pisses me off and i can talk about this for i, I don't think that uh you should stop the rant uh, it's it's our podcast we can talk about whatever the fuck we want and <laughs> I, I don't give a shit so if, if again if uh this is not valuable for someone people can always click stop and and go to another episode or, or watch some youtube shorts or whatever uh or they can click subscribe and recommend this podcast to their mother and click like and share and, yes. and you know. But I agree with Sorry. you one hundred percent in in terms of that it's that it sucks. But also there's a part of me that believes that uh, the attention span is not getting shorter. I think there's so much more of everything going on that you need to have something that will catch attention. It's not that attention is short, but you have so much to choose from. Be, but because in the 60s and 70s, in order to record an album and put it out, it was months of work and you need to have a studio and you need to have producers and a label and blah, 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 all of this stuff. Today, every kid with a phone is a fucking mumble rapper. No, no. And I'm on fucking Spotify, right? So so the, the, the barrier to entry for becoming an artist, using air quotes here for people listening, uh, is much, much lower than it was in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. 2000s even and uh, there was a great clip from will smith a couple of months ago where uh he even maybe even last year i, I don't know uh, time is all a blur for me but he he got where he slaps yeah he got on it was before a slap so uh maybe even over a year ago then but he he got on tiktok and shared a video where he said why he loves the platform 
and because the technology today with the phone and everything gives him an ability and opportunity to have an idea produce it make it and share it with million people in matter of minutes when he was in uh, fresh prince and him and his uh, partner jesse jeff when they were doing when when they had an idea for a sketch if you want to have a sketch that has some like post-production computer graphic work it would be we need to find a guy uh, with a camera with lighting microphone someone who knows how to use a computer find a studio record everything produce it to have a two-minute sketch and then you need to find someone who will air it so you need to find a tv station or someone that will actually take your two-minute bullshit idea and place it between either two commercials because it's we have time slots of 15 20 30 minutes uh and today you have an idea, you create a two-minute video, bam, it's out, and a million people see it and love it, and it's amazing. So, But you are competing with so much crap, and I think that compared to how it was and how it is at the moment, the barrier to entry changed, but it's still equally as difficult to find audience and be recognized, because back then it was technology uh, keeping you from, from breaking out, and now you're just blocked by noise and bullshit. Uh, and this is the, the difference. And, and I think this is one of the reasons why all of the short content exists is because you want to grab people in those first five seconds when they are choosing. One of the things that annoys me particularly are those mini trailers before the movie trailer begins. It's like they show you three seconds of some action and like, the John Wick trailer continues. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, why did I have to see four seconds of John Wick to see a fucking Lionsgate logo? And then it's like a two and a half minutes of John Wick trailer. That's, that's just, uh, I hate that. It annoys me. And speaking of John Wick, I watched okay, but John Wick 4 this weekend. I suffered through that movie. It was such a fucking horrible movie. I love John Wick, but John Wick 4 is such a third of a movie that just likes itself. It's like three hours of two hours of too much of nothing. Just bullshit going on. And, and it was just over the top too much. So anyway. All John Wicks, I mean, I love to watch John Wick movies. But all John Wicks are not movies. They are displays of how well that fighting choreography studios can make fights. Yeah, I don't know the name. Great. It's fine. Yeah. But they're amazing and their fight is amazing. And all those fighting scenes, they are, you know, the, the, the top of... That's how a movie fight should look yeah, like. But, and but... then they put three hours of it and they put a little bit of story in between because they have to. I mean, seriously, it's a movie about... They kill his dog and he goes and kills them all. That's the plot. That's it. Yeah, that's that's the then first the one. the second movie, it's the same thing, except, I don't know, they wreck his car and then he goes and kills them all. And there's the secret society and all of that and some code. But basically, they wreck his car and he kills them all. And so on and so on and so on. So, like, yeah. I mean, it's not a yeah, movie. It's, it's for the first two, even three, fine, but fourth one took itself too seriously and too literally and uh, i don't know the the, the self-important dialogues of bullshit and we are the secret side ah fuck off i think it's just a movie that they <laughs> put in between three and five they did wanted to make money i don't know they just could have finished it with uh, whatever he's gonna do in the chapter five that's been announced and just kill everybody at the end destroy the fucking table and fuck off anyway writing is important by the As way a designer and developer writing is important <laughs> Speaking of writing, supposedly the script for John Wick 4 includes Keanu Reeves saying like 380 words in total in the whole movie, 
which means that he was paid like I don't know, ten thousand five hundred US dollars per word. Fine. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I think no, no, forcing just a Terminator same, had even less, we and and he had less <laughs> airtime. So it's fine. That's true. Darth Vader is, I think, anyway, on going back even, to writing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Going back to writing. So writing on social networks, as Tom said, you compete with a lot of people because we all think we are really smart and we think we have something smart to share. And we are all writing on social networks. And the posts that get noticed are the top, I don't know, 2%, 5%, 10%. Somebody probably has a statistic. I don't. But in order to do that, then you have to uh, write your ideas in a way they grab attention. You have to write hooks. You have to divide it into short sentences. You have to remove all of uh, non-important words. So there are no, what's the word, conjoint words, uh, conjointments, like and, but. So you remove all of those. Uh, you remove all the adjectives. You try to make it, you remove... You shouldn't use passive because passive in a dynamic environment such as social post doesn't really work. You need to use active verbs. And there are some rules that you can do and there are some ways that you can extract stuff. There are some tips that you can use like using using the first line as a kind of hook is a good thing. So how I use uh, social media to improve my work. Now you're hooked because you're really interested how I use my social media. But even better is like five ways I use social media. And five is much better than four because for some reason people react to odd numbers better than to even numbers. And things like this that people have uh, studied about human psychology that is that can annoy you, and it annoys me, but it actually works. So I'm kind of incorporating as much advice as I can remember into my posts. But I don't want to become a slave of a format in order to sacrifice content. So content comes first. And then if I can make it in a way that it follows the best practices of social media posts, then I do it. One thing that I would like to add on top of all of the social media writing stuff that will, I kind of feel actually be the value of the episode, unlike the rant about John Vick, uh, is that, for example, when I join a company for a project or whatever the fuck I'm doing, doesn't matter. One thing that I try to make a point of is again using air quotes here like building in public because i'm usually in charge of design and the thing that people see code is not necessarily something that people see especially people who are not technical so think about marketing think about sales uh they do not understand what developers did this week right so even if developers share a piece of code and explains how they connected API to database and refactored some code, it doesn't bring a lot of value to a non-technical person. But when, as a designer, you write about, this is the user research that we did, and this is how we uh, came up with a new onboarding process for our product, and these are the customers that we are targeting. This is the customer's pain point. This is what customer wants to achieve you are bringing awareness to everybody in the company because they are now trying to getting to know who the customer is what we are doing what is being developed and then developers pull from that sales pulls from that marketing pulls from that and then what i would do is always create a channel for me in slack like tom designing stuff whatever doesn't matter invite everybody in the channel on Monday, I would set up some public goals. Like this week, I'm working on this with these people. Our goal is that we want to achieve this, blah, blah, blah. 
so kind of set the stage. And then you don't necessarily have to write anything in that channel for a week. Like sometimes I will post a random screenshot of what I'm working on just to get people interested. And then at the end of the week or the end of the sprint or whatever your cadence is, you say something along the lines, okay, we'll build this, we've done that, these are the achievements, these are the results, these are the findings of the research. Maybe share a clickable prototype and tell a little story about uh, what is being shared and why and how, how and why is it significant for the company and for the product moving forward. And by doing this and writing in a way that shares information, brings gives you visibility, gives the product and whatever you're building a visibility. And then when you find yourself in a meeting with people who are working with you on the same project or same product or whatever it is, they are aware and they know, and you will save a lot of time on that. Oh, I, what have you done for the past two weeks? Where are we? you don't have to kind of bring people up to speed. Everybody kind of stays in the know. And this is a principle that can be shared, not just from designer's perspective, it can be shared from a developer's perspective, sales, marketing, because everybody can share what they're doing in a story type format. Uh, it doesn't have to be a code for a developer or an Excel sheet for sales. It can be who are you serving? What are you doing? Why? And what are the results? And I think I've seen this in basically all of the companies I ever work with, this is seriously lacking in terms of how they communicate and how they share. And then you have a meeting and then first 30 minutes is just catching up, trying to figure out what everybody's doing. I haven't seen you in two weeks. We share a desk, but I, we haven't had a proper conversation. So this is something that can definitely be fixed by proper communication and writing skills that go into this. That's actually great, and that's actually great advice, and that's actually something I wanted to touch base. So, uh, you mentioned that it's tricky for non-technical people to understand if a developer goes into, I don't know, I'm writing an API that connects to a database using a... And that's true. But if you are, if you do become a truly senior developer, then, of course, your technical chops are not, you know... You have the technical jobs. You know how, how to do what you want to do. But you need to be able to explain it to your client or to your customer or to your teammate or to your mother. So basically, if you are uh, uh, doing something and you understand what you are doing, you also need to understand who you're working with and who is listening to you. And you need to be able to curate your content so that that person is able to understand. And this is not necessarily a tip for writing. This is a tip for general communication. But in writing, it works great. And uh, just yesterday, I had a situation. So my team is working on a project where we are refactoring an API. Does that mean anything to a non-technical person? A little. And then our goal was to introduce primary keys and foreign keys into a relational database so we have all the data cleaned up and so that we can remove the orphan rows. Does that mean anything to a non-technical person? We are borderline. And then we found that there are constraints between the data because the and now we are getting into really tricky stuff. And at one point, so uh, I have a, a regular thing where I give my clients an update every week what's been done. It's like a small Word document. This is what's been done. This is what's been done with links to uh, GitHub issues or whatever project management tool there is. I know they have it there, I know they have it, but having like a nice recap that you get on a Friday night or a Monday morning is always nice. And to a response to that, my non-technical client asked me, okay, what is EF Core? I was like, okay, I mean, we've talked about this and he might have known, 
but I also might have on the first place where I mentioned it in the document just wrote EF core in brackets entity framework core and link it to Microsoft documentation so he can get the definition or something like that. <laughs> it would have cost me 10 characters more. It would have cost me one more proofread through the document and it would have made him much more happier and much more able to be involved in what was happening. So when writing, especially when writing, because writing is a brilliant media that allows you to proofread and then fix and then proofread again and then fix and then proofread again and then fix. In writing as in media, be aware who is reading and be aware of their level. Another example that I can give you is I'm working uh, on some technical writing. I went into, this was done in Blazor, Blazor is a yada, 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 da, da, and the editor of those guys just told me, whoa, you said this was done in Blazor, and the prerequisite of Blazor is required. You don't need to explain what Blazor is. If we said the knowledge of Blazor is pre-required, then it is, and that's it. You don't have to go into, you don't have to, you know, lower it down to a lower level. So it is important to understand who you're talking to and what level of technicalities they understand, especially when you're doing technical writing or some writing in a specialized domain, like if you're doing real UX writing or things like that. There are probably terms that you use on a daily basis that I wouldn't understand without additional explanation. But uh, UX designers should. And to that point, uh, what I did uh, multiple times is a lot of companies recently are using Notion. So I'm going to use Notion as an example, but it doesn't have to be Notion, whatever whatever you want to use. Per personally, I don't prefer Notion, but since this is what people are using, I built like a page uh, that was glossary of terms and what, what it is, what it isn't, and more information about certain stuff. So even if there's a... Uh, I don't want to talk about projects specifically, but there were like three different aspects of a project that were basically three different softwares that all connected on the same platform. So I had three separate pages on Notion for every platform and what is the user research, what we did, what da, 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 da. and then main one that connects everything and explains in very layman terms what we are doing. So I would use terms like we're going to send information and connect with project X with a project Y and the, 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 the. and then every term could be hyperlinked to some of an explanation of in user research we concluded and there's a link to a user research that has the questions and answers and the, the, the charts and graphs and all the fun stuff. But there are, I found myself in a situation once where I was working with uh, people who are uh, product sales representative account managers. It's kind of a role where people would be working with a client on an uh, external client with our product. And they were both technical enough to teach the client on the product and to sell it, but they were not as technical as I assumed they were. So I was talking about some of the user experience changes that were happening on an overall product. And I was using a lot of very niche terms but when I was done with my, it was a small meeting of like five people and me. And one of the people asked me, what is UX? And I was just baffled. I was, I was a lead designer in this company for six months at that point. You have no idea what my job is. I was like, okay, taking 11 steps backward. Uh, but then I thank you for my salary, though. Yeah, exactly. So, but what I realized is that was the point when I realized, oh, okay, not everybody knows what I know, and I presumed and assumed a lot, and but I fixed it in a way that I went to the CEO 
And I said, okay, I think this is a problem because I think people should be up to speed with some of these things and I don't want to give them homework and shit. So how about we, it was a big rework. I said, how about we book a big meeting room? I'm going to invite everybody that I think should be there and run a little like two hour workshop with everybody just to bring them everybody up to speed and and so they can easily more easily communicate with me so it kind of goes both ways uh, and yeah he was like yeah great idea uh, i did this like i call it design talks workshop and just explain from perspective of our product like this is how we are doing it this is where we are now and then compared it i think it, I, I was comparing to google like this is where google is and this is where we want to be in terms of how we do certain stuff because we were um, startup it was a very We'll start up 40 people, but still, uh, it was still very far away removed of where we are, where we want to be. So, but gave them something familiar enough that it's like, oh, I now I get it. Like, this is what we have. This is what we want to be. And then I connected the dots and explained how we're getting there. But if I did that five years ago, six, seven years ago, I wouldn't have the necessary experience, knowledge and awareness that I need to do this. So, um, yeah. So uh, another Part of writing that, so we touched base shortly on social media writing, we touched base on technical writing, and one more part of writing that kind of sometimes annoys me is writing in asynchronous communication channels such as Slack. And here there are two types of people. There are people who, I don't know how to say this, but if I have to convey you like a big message, so here is the context, here is, uh, uh, you know, this is what I've tried, this is what failed, and in the end, here's my question. There are two types of people. The first person is going to hit enter after every sentence. Hey, Tom, enter. Uh, can I get your help? Enter. Enter. And then you get 63 notifications in your mobile phone because that person doesn't know how to press shift enter and go to the next line and give you one big block of message. Then the next thing that happens is uh, if that is happening not in a one-to-one -one conversation, but like a channel, and then you start replying in the channel, and then the third person starts replying in the channel, and then everybody's talking in the channel, and then there's another topic connected to that channel that has to be discussed about, then everything gets jumbled up. That's why people have invented threads. Not a lot of people use threads, but threads exist, and threads keep things organized. So I think by... Thinking about how much notification or clutter you're going to create in other people's workspace and thinking about how you want to keep information connected to the same topic in one place. I think if you have a big written section that you want to write, it should be written as one message and then responses to that should go in a thread. And this is going to make all of our lives easier. And if not your lives, then it's just going to make my life easier. So please do it for me. Uh, just to close that off with a suggestion I've seen in one of the communities that I'm part of uh, a guy running it he he asks a question once a week and at the end of every every time he writes it at the end he's he just says keep it threaded people and that's it and then everybody writes in the thread so he just says keep it threaded and when you go to that channel it's like a question and a big thread question and a big thread it's just like series of questions and it's amazing but sometimes you need to even though we've been doing this in this community for now years i've been part of that community for for at least three years even more uh every time he just reminds people because it's so easy to to forget it's so easy to just oh i got a question start typing it just gives you that little prompt and, and you need to be aware of it. But uh, having said that, and I know we are uh, on time, I'm going to wrap it up. 
and we can go and jump on our uh, terrible joke of the day. And please, you go first. So I have a terrible joke of the day that's not mine. I got it in Jenkins Comics and it actually made me laugh, so I hope it's going to make you laugh. Orion goes on an online shop and buys a belt. The belt gets delivered to him. He tries it on, but doesn't really like it. So he rates it with three stars. That's good. That's actually a, a, a proper air think about it joke. Uh, just to caveat this, uh, all of the dead bad jokes that I do, they're not mine. I'm, I'm terrible at terrible jokes. Uh, so I all of the, always read them from the internet. And uh, I wasn't going to get a brain transplant, but then I changed my mind. Nice. Uh, nice. That doesn't have layers. That, that, no, no, no. Uh, no layers. No layers. Anyway, uh, thank you everybody for listening, watching, contributing, sharing, liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing with your mom. Please do leave a, uh, leave us a comment. We always appreciate uh, anything you have to say. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yay! Bye.